Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Perfection is attainable. Hashtag blessed on that one. I am a purebred pioneer Mormon. I'm Jewish and from Chicago. I'm actually Pentecostal. We are Jewish by heritage, Mormon by choice. Oh, Lord have mercy. It is a very big deal that I'm no longer Mormon. I was raised Mormon, but I'm converting to Islam. Assalamu alaikum, bitches. Hi, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. There's a lot happening in the Housewives Cinematic Universe that we've got to talk about. First and foremost, we finally got the Salt Lake City Housewives trailer. It looks good. The trailer was about a minute and a half, and I feel like Housewives trailers are usually a little bit longer than that. Although they have been scaling them down. I don't know if you guys have noticed. It seems like the trailers are getting a little bit shorter, which I like, because I want them to sort of hide some of this stuff from us. I don't want to know so much going in. So I did appreciate that it was shorter. A lot of religious stuff. There's a lot of religious stuff going on. We open with all of the women saying, I'm Mormon, I'm Jewish, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Islam. And there's like a hymnal, I don't know how you describe that music, that undertone music. It's sort of like, ah, you know, I can't sing. I can't hit a note to save my soul, but uh, God <laughs> God understands that, okay? And God loves me anyway. Uh, but it, there's a lot of religious undertones. And even at the end, they say, if you don't have money and power and whatever, you don't have a prayer. So I, I'm interested to see what this is about. I don't know anything about these women, okay? I haven't done any sort of deep dives on social media. My plan is to kind of go in with a fresh perspective without knowing too much. I, I want to keep this a little bit secret, you know? We've talked about this before. We follow a lot of these people on social media, and I, I kind of want to not, because otherwise I go in with all these preconceived notions. So that's my goal, but I'll probably end up spoiling stuff. I mean, who are we kidding? There was even one woman, you guys. I posted this on my Instagram there was one woman. I started to have the urge to do a deep dive on her, but I didn't because in the press release for this show, uh, they put out the character descriptions, right? They put out uh, little descriptions of each of the ladies, each of the gals. And so I did briefly run through those. And when I got to Mary Cosby, you guys, I did a double take. I was uh, shocked, surprised, and saddened when I read this. And I know I posted on my Instagram, but I just want to read it for us all. I think it's important we go through this basically line by line. So just sit tight, pull over if you're driving, and let's talk about Mary Cosby. Okay, she says, uh, it says in her character description, With a penchant for God, couture, and only the finest champagne, Mary Cosby is a Pentecostal first lady who inherited her family's empire of churches, restaurants, and more. The caveat in her taking over the family business was that she married her late grandmother's second husband, Robert Cosby Sr., they have since been married for 20 years and have one teenage son together. Small but mighty and always dressed to the nines, her unconventional past has made her guarded, and she quickly finds herself on shaky ground with some of the ladies. Okay, so that's the character description. Now let's break this down. 
First of all, she's got a penchant for God, couture, and only the finest champagne. Right, right away, I was on board. That's a beautifully written sentence. Okay, she's a Pentecostal first lady. Great. Uh, then, uh, this is where it sort of lost me. It said she inherited her family's empire of churches. Now, forgive me, I did grow up going to Catholic grade school, but I don't know that I've ever heard the term empire of churches. Just never heard of it. Apparently, it's a thing I do. I have heard of churches, and I've heard of empires. I've never heard of empires of churches. Furthermore, it says uh, she inherited that plus restaurants and more. So what's this business? Are they taxed? Can we find out that information? I know I said I wasn't going to deep dive too much, but I'd like to know if they were taxed because I feel like they're owning all these businesses. I know typically churches are, I believe, aren't taxed, but maybe if you own an empire of them with restaurants and more, I don't know. I don't know. Who am I? What do I know? But I've just never heard of it. And it's, it's intriguing to me. It makes me raise a brow when I hear that they have an empire of churches, restaurants, and more. What's the more? What other businesses they got? One of the other women in the cast owns like a laser spa. I mean, what else does this Mary Cosby own? What's the more? I need to know. Uh, anyway, then the character description says the caveat in her taking over the family business was that she marry her late grandmother's second husband. That's her grandpa. Okay. That's a fancy way of saying her grandpa. That's what, that's a papa. I, papa, grandpa. Well, I don't know what other term you want to use. Um, but I've never heard the word, uh, she married her late grandmother's second husband. That's her grandpa. I'm sorry, folks. It is what it is. She married her grandpa. I'm sorry to break it to you. Uh, I know we all want to turn a blind eye to that, but I feel that in my soul, she basically married her grandpa. I know it wasn't a blood relative. I get it. I know don't correct me. I don't need to be corrected. Technically, this man was married to the grandma. So at some point in this woman's life, she called him grandpa, I believe. She said, this is my grandma and my grandpa. And so that's intriguing to me. They've been married 20 years, so so maybe they love each other. You know, I don't know how long he was married to her grandmother, but they were married a little bit of time. And so I guess we'll learn. And then it says, small but mighty, she's always dressed to the nines. You know, I like a fashion on this show. I'm excited to see what kind of fashions this Pentecostal first lady is wearing uh, on her way to the Empire of Churches, Restaurants, and the more. So that's going to be fun. And then it says she's on shaky grounds with some of the ladies. And so that's always good for a Housewives franchise. So I, for one, am very excited to meet this Mary, Co- Mary Cosby woman. But I was watching the trailer and then reading that description. I was saying, what? 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 You guys ever heard of someone saying, what? What? <laughs> I had an art teacher that used to say that all the time. I don't know why it just came to mind, but she always would say, What? And she would say the term garbage instead of garbage. She would say garbage. You know what? Let's take a little detour here. So when I was in middle school, this art teacher who would always say what or where and garbage, she was a nice lady, but she was just the art teacher. And there was this real asshole kid in class. And he would always give her a hard time whenever she would say garbage. So she'd say, I don't know, when you finish your art project or your drawing or whatever, throw the, your trash in the garbage. Right, throw it uh, the, what you're not using in the garbage, and this asshole kid. I don't want to say his name, but I will. It was David. He would raise his hand, and he would always give her a hard time, and he'd say, "What?" <laughs> he would mock her, saying, "What?" And she'd say, "Throw it in the garbage," and he'd say, "What?" The garbage, what? And they would do sort of this back and forth, what? Garbage. Throw it in the garbage. The what? They would do a back and forth, like a low budget Midwest version of who's on first, you know. And this this guy, a real asshole, one time I remember, he was always trying to give her this hard time, 
And sometimes she caught on and other times she didn't. But one time I remember he raised his hand in the middle of the lesson and he said, can I go to the bathroom? Now, I don't know if they still do this. Do kids still do this? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But back when I went to school, you had to raise your hand and get permission to go to the bathroom. And that's crazy when you really think about it. I mean, I know they made fun of it. I think Mean Girls made fun of it when she just tries to go to the bathroom. And they're like, what are you doing? But by the way, like, I hope that we don't do that anymore. Because if you need to defecate, you shouldn't have to ask permission. You should just go. Uh, but anyway, I remember he raised his hand and he said, you know, I need to go to the restroom. And I don't know if he really needed to go or if he was just being an asshole raising his hand in the middle of the lesson. But she was not having it. This art teacher was not having it. She said, no, you cannot go to the bathroom. And this kid, this fucking David, he said, well, I really have to pee. And she said, too bad, you're going to have to wait. You know, she was tired of his antics, tired of the antics. And so she said, you're going to have to wait. And he said, well, I'm going to go in the garbage. Can I use the garbage? And this set her off because, of course, then he knew she was, he was making fun of the way she said garbage. So he said, can I use the trash can and go in the garbage? And so she called this bluff. She said, sure, go ahead. Go ahead, she said to David. So then David gets up and he takes a, excuse my language, he takes a piss in the corner of the classroom uh, in the garbage can. He's going to the bathroom. And I could not, but we're all sitting there. We're all stunned, okay? And I'm thinking in my head, can someone stop this kid from pissing in the garbage? Because I don't want to see this. I don't want to smell it in the art class. It's not something we need to see here. Um, but he did anyway, and then I remember she sent him to the principal's office, and he ended up getting suspended. But before she sent him to the principal's office, there was this long standoff between David and the art teacher, because she was sitting there at her desk. She was slack-jawed and wide-eyed, thinking about how she was, in fact, the one who told him to go to the bathroom in the garbage. So I think she was thinking in her head, well, can I send her to the principal's office? Because I was the one who told him to go there. Meanwhile, during this entire standoff, the rest of the class were all sitting there thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are there other kids just going to the bathroom all over the place, every which way but loose? There's a student just pissing in the corner. I'm sure there were other kids in that classroom who had to go to the bathroom at that time, but they couldn't raise their head and, and say, hey, can I go to the restroom now? Because there was this whole uproar that was happening in our classroom. But eventually she did send him to the principal's office. And there was like a big back and forth, like, should he have gotten suspended? Because she did tell him to go in the garbage can, and he did. Uh, Maybe she shouldn't have said that. Uh, But again, I also understand, like, teachers in general have to put up with so much shit. And I was thinking about this this week, because I know the kids, a lot of them are back to school. Some are taking homeschooling. Some are going back into the classrooms in this pandemic. And teachers are really the unsung heroes, and they got to deal with a lot of shit, especially those high school teachers. I can't even imagine all the assholes like this kid teachers have to deal with. And so my heart goes out to all the teachers. If you're out there, I don't know. I just feel like you got to put up with a lot, especially now you got to do it all with all these new rules and regulations. A real hassle, a real pain in the ass. And so I hope you're all surviving the start of the school year. Uh, I love you all. Teachers are the best people. Teachers, nurse, anyone who's working right now, my heart goes out to you. But uh, I just wanted to mention that. I don't even know why why I needed to mention <laughs> I don't know why I had to tell you guys that story. Oh, well. You know, a little detour. Anyway, where were we? Oh, Salt Lake City. They premiered November 11th. So that's the that on that. You guys, we also got to mention Denise announced she's leaving. Denise Richards. Denise fucking Richards. Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. She's leaving the network. And look, I'm not surprised. They sort of ran her out of there. Uh, I don't think she wanted to do it. I don't think it was good for her. I, 
I will miss her quite a bit. Uh, but it seems like she's definitely gone off the rails by the end of this. I mean, we watched the reunion. Uh, she slouched down in that tanning salon that she's filming from. And it's it's tough to see. And I love her. And I just hope she's doing some good movies. I'm excited to see what's next for our Denise fucking Richards. I don't feel good about the way that she was treated on this show. But I do feel relieved and happy a bit that she's going. I'm like, good for you, Denise. Get out of here. But I can't say I wasn't shocked and saddened by the news because it it hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, I'm going to miss her. It seems like a lot of change is happening at Bravo. We're losing Denise. We're losing Dorinda. We got a new Housewives franchise coming. It's just a lot is happening, and I'm not good with change. And so that's that's going to be tough for me. But should we talk a little bit about the Beverly Hills reunion? Well, where is Brandy? Yeah, where is Brandy? Where is Brandy? Hold on. You know what? This is bullshit. Why isn't Brandy here to do this with you? Lisa, why would this even be about me and Brandy? She's not part of our show. She's not part of this group. Well, well I mean, you, it, why have you it not is. had I her mean, part of it? I mean, we're talking. We're we're talking what about the it. F- <laughs> the same reason she's not going to tell me she doesn't like me. She's not going to be upfront with Brandy either. She runs from the truth. She already said she didn't like you. Yes, but behind my back, not to my well, face. Yeah, I mean, that's what most people do. But where is Brandy to answer all these questions? I was not going to give her the satisfaction to come on. Well, can I So you uh, stopped her from coming on? Okay, the Beverly Hills reunion. Now, I don't love a part two of any reunion. I feel like that's always sort of a little bit of a letdown because they save a lot of good stuff for part three. Part one is exciting because it's new and fresh. Part two, I just find to be a little bit of a drag. And I'll be honest, I thought this was a little bit of a drag. There were some moments that I really loved. Uh, I love when Andy asked the questions from the audience that's made up. I mean, there was one question. I don't remember the name he said. I missed this part, but he said something like he was talking to Kyle. So he said, Kyle, uh, Eric from Reseda wants to know why you think Denise is a fake-ass bitch. <laughs> that made me laugh quite a bit. It wasn't Eric from Reseda, but it was something like that. It was like, you know, Janelle from Cleveland wants to know why you think Denise is a fake-ass bitch. And I don't believe that any of these questions are real, but I love it every time that Andy does it. It's real fun. Uh, we do have like a, about a 45-minute conversation about uh, Kyle calling Denise a ragamuffin. And I could, have, I could have had 45 more minutes of that. That's the kind of fight I like. And I wish this season had a little bit more of that because it was so focused on the Brandy Denise, uh, Brandy fucking Denise kind of thing. And so I wish we had more of the ragamuffin stuff because that was funny. It's a word that I never thought of before. It's quickly become one of my favorite words right up there with caboose and sassafras. Uh, so I really, really love Ragamuffin. I don't think it was appropriate, but I did love that the producers showed like a montage of Denise, her hair in a bun. <laughs> just had that footage at the ready. Just her hair in a bun. I got it. You know, she puts it up. She wants to be cozy and comfortable. Let Denise be if she wants to put the hair up in a bun and uh, walk on screen, relax. Let her do it. Good for her. That hair in a bun. Uh, that was really fun to me. There was also a funny moment where Dorit's uh, phone was just shouting off screen. It was, Low battery, low battery, low battery. And as someone who's constantly haunted by robots in my house, I really felt for Dorit there. It was just another uh, check mark in the boxes of me loving Dorit this season because I too have, I can't even say the names out loud. I don't even want to say their names, but we have in every room here, my boyfriend put in all the robots. So we got the, I can't say their names, you guys. Wait, we got the Alexas. Watch, she'll talk to me now. She heard me. Now she's not going to do it, because I told you guys. <laughs> of course, she's such an asshole. Fuck you, Alexa. 
Anyway, she they haunt me. And so I did appreciate that with Dorit. I got it. I was like, you know, I don't I've never seen a phone that just says low battery before, just shouts at you. And there was stuff about Rena dancing. They she even admitted it was weird on the Instagram. Uh, and then there was some Lois talk. You know, they're really trying to make Lois happen. And I love Lo- I love Lois. I wish her the best. But I don't know that she needs to be a main topic of conversation on this program that we call The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. That's uh, my opinion. Then, oh, Rinna also talks about the kids finding out about how to give a blowjob in the book, which I w- thought was weird because we already went over that a couple seasons ago. So I was like, why are we even giving this airtime? But she did say that their friends were the ones who found the book. Because they have a friend who's a reader, and she said, my kids don't read. And <laughs> I always love when just people say they don't read. It always is like a, makes me laugh. Like, what do you mean you don't read? You just don't read books? I don't understand that. I mean, as someone, I don't read like a million books a day, but I, I hear that a lot. Like, I've heard people, even family members, friends, close friends of mine, they say, I don't, I don't read. And they're like proud of it a little bit. We all know people like that. Some of you out there listening might say at a time or two. But it is strange to me, like, what do you mean you just don't read? Furthermore, maybe you don't read books, but you certainly read other things. I'm sure you read the news on Twitter, and and you go to different links and read things. Oh my god, you guys, by the way, there's this new documentary on Netflix called, I think it's called The Social Dilemma. I think that's what it's called. And it's frightening about basically how social media and everything is rotting our brains, which we all know. Uh, but watch it. It's... It's good and interesting and also terrifying. Terrifying. I mean, don't maybe don't watch it. Maybe don't watch it, because it's terrifying. There's also this weird part where they like... So it's a documentary, but then they have these scripted scenes in it, which is really stupid to me, but that's my opinion. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, people not reading. Yeah, so she was proud that the kids don't read. I don't know if proud's the right word, but she said they have one friend who reads. And I was thinking, they should have a bunch of friends who read. People should read. You know, if I have any, <laughs> any of you are listening out there who don't read, maybe pick up something, a newspaper, anything, really, a book. Find one book you like. Read, try to read one book a year. You know, that's a good goal. And then there's a lot with Teddy. Did they, they showed Teddy's gender reveal, and I was like, did they even air that? I don't even remember. Like, I feel like every time I see a Teddy scene flashback or something, I'm like, did we actually see that scene? Did I black out during it? Was I, did I take a nap while they showed that scene? Um, but they did a lot of Teddy stuff. and mm. Oh, and the bunny. We got to talk about this. Andy was talking about the bunny again. And you guys, I loved that bunny moment. Where t- remember when Lisa Rinna uh, gave Kim Richards the bunny and then Kim Richards came to the reunion and gave it back? I am very tired of it. I'll be honest with you. I hate to be a pessimist and I hate to be a Debbie Downer, a Danny Downer. But it seems like they're relying too much on this fucking stuffed bunny. And every episode, we got to see it on Watch It Happens Live every minute. We got to see it on the reunions of Beverly Hills. Every season, they're talking about this bunny. And even at BravoCon, they did the museum and they had the bunny. And look, it was really funny, but I I think that it's funnier when we're kind of rooting to see it instead of them throwing this in our face every second. It's like every time I turn around on that channel, they're showing us a fucking stuffed animal. And it was they're ruining the joke of it all because it's just like enough is enough. I don't need to see it. Every single reunion doesn't need to be brought up that Kim Richards gave back the bunny. So Taylor Armstrong enough, I'd just like to call for a moratorium on the bunny. Because we like it so much, I don't want it ruined any further. Does that make sense? You guys get it. You guys get it. But I did write in my notes, enough with the fucking bunny. 
Isn't this crazy that we're sitting here talking about a stuffed bunny? I was like getting livid about it when they were showing the footage of the bunny. I was like, enough. I'm so sick of it. (laughs) Getting so mad. And it's really a stuffed animal. I shouldn't get so mad. Uh, Anyway, oh, this is important. So Denise says that she doesn't lie. But then she did say on camera at this reunion that she doesn't find Teddy boring. And so I just believe that that's a smoking gun here. Really, she said with the straight face. I've never seen Denise do better acting in that uh, than that moment when she said that Teddy's not boring. Because we know that Denise finds Teddy boring. If there's one thing I'm certain, at the end of my life, when I reach the pearly gates, and God says, is there anything you're certain about in life? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm certain that Denise Richards finds Teddy Mellencamp boring. I'm certain of it. I've never been more uh, 100% in my convictions than knowing that fact. And Denise just looked straight into camera. The first time she looked straight into the camera, you know, otherwise she's slouching down. Uh, it, it was like all of a sudden her eyes got clear. She looked right into frame and she said, I don't find Teddy boring. And that was the smoking gun. That's it. There we go. She also had a moment too where I think somebody said, raise your hand if you fuck Brandy. And we saw all the screens and Denise sort of raised her hand. She did. I saw it. I saw it with my own two eyes. I'm not blind. I saw it. She raised her hand and said, basically admitting that she fucked Brandy. I'm like, why is she doing that? Like, was she trying to be funny in that moment? She knew she's unpredictable. Z-Way was on Watch What Happens Live, who's hysterical, and she was saying why Denise is such a great housewife, because she's so unpredictable. Like, you don't know how exactly she's going to react or respond to something. And I thought that was interesting and very true. And I <laughs> I loved it. thinking back to that moment in the reunion when Denise just raised her hand. She raised her hand. Uh, anyway, they also show the text messages between Denise and Brandy, and there was a frame in the text messages of someone's bubbies. There was just the bare bubbies. I saw it with my own two eyes. They blurred out the nips, but I did see some bubbies in that text thread. They kind of scrolled past it real quick as they were showing that thread. But I did see them, and I thought, okay, I have a lot of acquaintances, and I've never just like sent them uh, just my something with my blouse off. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe like if someone you're trying to have sex with, you do that too. But I've never just texted like a casual work acquaintance, uh, a picture of me topless. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't happen. And so obviously, I think we all can agree. I mean, we all can agree that Denise, (laughs) I hate to say it, Denise and Brandy, they definitely did it. Uh, But that doesn't mean how these women are treating Denise is right. Because again, they should have other things going on. They should stop hounding Denise about something she doesn't want to fucking talk about. But she needs to stick up and say, stop it, enough. Although she did, it was also revealed that she was the one who got Brandy, or, or they all thought that she got Brandy to not show up at the reunion, and then Andy said, no, we decided there was nothing else to say about it. But then, like, why did we rely so much on this storyline throughout the season? It's all very strange to me. All very strange. They also show that BravoCon footage again that Andy keeps pointing out. He said, you said you were friends. And she at BravoCon, I think she said they were friendly or something like that. So it wasn't... Again, the real smoking gun was her saying that Teddy wasn't boring. We can all agree on that. Then, uh, let's see. Anything else Do we got to talk about? I don't know. Denise said that Brandy called her after doing Teddy's podcast, and then that was how it all went down. Uh, Denise did a lot of smirking and slouching. Even at the end of the episode, she gave us that like that smirk at the end. And I get chills every time I see that when she kind of like looks at the camera. She makes love to the camera for a minute, and then like part of her smile goes up. It's the best thing I've ever seen, and I love it. Every time she does it, she's done it this season a bunch. 
That was it. And then uh, I mentioned Watch What Happens Live afterwards. Brandy was on Watch What Happens Live. Now, originally, Brandy, we were told, was going to get a sit-down with Andy, a one-on-one. And then it turned into just a traditional episode of Watch What Happens Live via Zoom from Brandy's studio apartment. Um, And we got this. It was a good episode. I loved seeing Z-Way again. But Brandy dropped a bomb. She dropped a bombshell. She said she heard from Heather Locklear. Oh, you guys, I got chills. Brandy said she heard from Heather Locklear, who famously was dating someone when Denise started dating them. I don't remember the exact details of that story. You guys can look it up. But so there is a history between Denise Richards and Heather Locklear, which I love that it's between all these soap stars, by the way. Oh, these soap stars. I mean, we got Nicolette Sheridan, Terry Hatcher, who are who are also kind of in the mix here with the Harry Hamlin and Lisa Rinna of it all. There's a lot of connections, is what I'm saying. I know Terry Hatcher wasn't involved in the Lee Serena, but Terry had the Nicolette thing. But all of these soap stars, they're all in this weird way connected. And to hear Brandy say that Heather Locklear reached out and sent her something saying uh, she heard uh, that they had sex or something. And I don't know. I was, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And oh, she revealed that Heather also got a cease and desist. Let's bring Heather Locklear on. I, I worry, I, I know we've talked about this before about bringing Heather Locklear on Real Houses of Beverly Hills, and I do worry a little bit because I know Heather Locklear's had a lot of struggles, and so I just want her to be happy and healthy, and maybe this is not the best environment for her. But th- that said, I wouldn't mind getting a Nicolette Sheridan on the phone, on the line, in front of the red light. Let's get her in. Let's get her. Let's get Terry Hatcher, like I mentioned. Let's get some of the Desperate Housewives. They have a lot of history there, and they have connections to the Rena of it all. I'm sure Kyle Richards is starting something with Nicolette Sheridan throughout the days. Remember Nicolette Sheridan was in that movie with Chris Farley, Beverly Hills Ninja? What <laughs> the fuck was that? Remember that? It was like Chris Farley became a ninja. Uh, I don't know what was happening there, but I remember in 1997, I loved it. Loved it. Anyway, that's uh, Beverly Hills Housewives. Should we talk about the first Roni reunion? Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I'm assuming that the two of you have not spoken since Tinsley no, left for Chicago. Not. Willa from Brooklyn wants to know, Dorinda. I think Tinsley's only spoken to Leah, but Tinsley never really spoke to Dorinda. It doesn't matter, Dorinda. I know your whole thing about. Anyway. I know we were actually friends at one point. Okay, the Roni reunion. It was our first in-person reunion since March, I believe. Andy said so. It was so exciting to see them all together. They were very distant. It seemed like more than six feet between the the women and Andy Cohen, which was interesting to me. I kept thinking, like, are they having to shout? I don't even believe that Ramona could hear everything that was going on. I know she was responding and reacting, but I don't believe in my heart that Ramona could hear everything that was happening, because it was like across a large stage. And so I wonder, like, how much she was just nodding along, because I wouldn't have heard everything from that kind of distance. Uh, before I get in more into this reunion, I have to say that last week on the finale of Roni, there was something I forgot to mention on the podcast forgot, missed. And that was a little ad that aired in the finale between Leah and Sonia. There was like a fitness app thing. And I got a lot of heat, you guys. A lot of you reached out to me and said, how dare you not mention this very blatant product placement in the middle of the Roni episode. And to that, I say I'm very ashamed. It was something I missed. And quite frankly, I'm embarrassed because I don't know if they've just trained me so well that I'm just missing these blatant product placements now at this point, or what the situation is. But I do have a lot of feelings and thoughts. First and foremost, I would have to say that I'm offended by the fact that they gave it to us in a finale. Now, in mid-season, in a filler episode, if you want to get me a scene between Sonia and Dorinda Medley talking about a movie uh, starring Rebel Wilson and Anne Hathaway called The Hustlers, if you want to have a very blatant product placement in the middle of one of those episodes, I'll be upset, but I will move past it. Uh, But the fact that they did it in a finale, that really upsets me because we can't do it. These finales, these are our peak episodes. These are our climaxes. These are the things that the season builds towards. And so I'm not only ashamed that I missed it, but I'm even more ashamed and frustrated and pissed that Bravo just decided to do it in a finale, no less. How dare they? How dare you, Bravo? Beast, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, Anyway, we see all the women arriving at this reunion. They're all getting the temperature checks. Ramona, it was funny, she was trying to drink from a straw with the face mask on. Everyone looked insane. They all looked completely unhinged, like they were characters in a Mortal Kombat game. I mean, Leah looked beautiful, and it was bizarre, and Sonia Morgan with that thing over her face, all the masks looked interesting and crazy, and I loved looking at them. Uh, But they were not normal outfits. Like This was an insane look amongst all of them. Beautiful, 
all looked great. Ramona, I think Andy said, like, you've never looked better. This is the best you've ever looked. And I sort of felt bad because then he immediately moved on to Countess Luann and he's like, hey, Lou. <laughs> you didn't say anything. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? He like went on and on. He was like, hey, Ramona, how are you doing? You never looked better. You seriously, in all the years you've been, he was going on and on, laying it on so thick to Ramona Singer. He's like, we've been together so many years, 13 years or something like that. And every reunion and this one, you've never looked more stunning than you look today. And you look refreshed and beautiful and your skin looks right. He's laying it on super thick is what I'm trying to say. And then moved on and was like, hey, Luann. And then that was it. It was like, and he said, Luann, how are you doing without performing all over the country? And she said, I'm still working on the show. I'm thinking, what are you working on, Luann? Like, what are you writing more for the show? Like, I've seen it twice. And again, there's not much to it. What are you working on? I can't imagine that you spend a lot of quarantine working on that show where you just ask the audience to play Mary Fuck Hill with you. You know, people get mad at me. I've, they say I've talked too much shit about Luann's show. But I'm here to live my truth. I'm behind the microphone living my truth. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. Uh, Also, Sonia, she reveals that she got the facelift, and she wanted to look like Ellen Barkin, and she does. She looks better than ever. Better than ever. I was so happy to see Tinsley, too. She was wearing the big poofy dress. Tinsley was refreshing. I, I don't know if I even realized how much I missed the tins. Game set. Now I need a match. Ugh, I missed that ray of sunshine. And she was very honest and open about the fact that she left the show because she wanted to prove to Scott that she was leaving for him. And it just seemed like she made the right choice. And I was really, um, I was really happy about that. We talk a lot about COVID, what they've been up to. Sonia said she was at the spa. Specifically, she said, I blew the poop shoot out. She said she was getting lots of colonics and blew the poop shoot out. And it is what it is. <laughs> but Lou, Again, is working on the shows. Mario and Ramona spent a lot of time together, and then Ramona decided to travel around town. And she may or may not have given COVID-19 to Trump Jr.'s girlfriend. Is that, did I hear that correctly? It was a real wordplay. <laughs> a lot going on. I couldn't, didn't know if I heard that right, but I believe that she went to a party. And then shortly after that party, uh, someone else who was at the party with, was one of the kids' girlfriends who also revealed that she got COVID-19. So, Look, Ramona just was traveling all over the place, and it was bumming me out. All this COVID-19 talk was bumming me out, and it really got me thinking about Orange County, you guys. And I'm going back and forth about Orange County. I know I said I was going to cover it on the show, but I'm going back and forth. I don't know. We're not sure. Because I don't know this COVID-19 stuff, seeing it in the reality shows, it just bums me out. I feel like it's not so much of an escape anymore. I want to hear them fighting about someone eating a bow off the cake, or who's sitting where at dinner, or this woman called me a -a ragamuffin. like. Or, I like the more serious stuff, but I don't like the serious stuff when it's something that like I'm relating to in my own life. Like I don't want to see just Shannon Bedore getting COVID-19. I'm sorry. Coming in hot! I don't know if I could see that. Her temperature was coming in hot when she got COVID-19. I don't want to see that on my screen. And we know that Shannon got COVID-19, so am I going to want to watch that? I don't know. I don't know. And Ramona was getting grilled about her traveling and not wearing masks at places. And Leah said to her, you know, it's not even about you traveling so much. It's a blatant disregard of you posting on social media of your dance classes and everything with Avery. And Ramona's like, how dare you? I wake up at 4 a.m. and I read the newspapers and I'm devastated. And then I go on with my day. <laughs> then, I, then I move on and Avery and I do a dance class on Zoom. How dare you? 
how dare you as if I don't read the news every day at 4 a.m. and then move on and completely and never think about those things again. That was basically what she said. Uh, anyway, we talk about Leah's tattoos, her first season craziness. And Andy says, how does it feel that everyone loved your naked diving and throwing of the tiki torches? And that must have been hard to watch on camera, but, you know, it was surely a moment. She definitely came on screen uh, guns blazing, so to speak. And she really was a good addition. I loved Leah. I loved her, and she's the future of the show. And I've never seen, I'm trying to think back if I've ever seen a housewife join so flawlessly and have such a great first season, such a memorable first season. And I, I don't know, she's right up there with someone like Dorinda Medley, who's unfortunately now gone from our screens. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Leah said that her dad also loves Sonia, and this made me laugh. He, Sonia shouted from like across the stage, he's an artist. <laughs> she's always supporting the arts. It was like, that's why he loved her, because he's an artist. I love Sonia Rita really is just winning the last half of the season, isn't she? Uh, she also said, Leah said, my first nine months of drinking was with the funnest bitches ever. And I got to say, if you take off for drinking for how many years that Leah did, and then decided to start drinking again, there's no better group of women to start drinking again with. Although also maybe no more dangerous group of women to start drinking with. There was a drinking package, too, that Andy even played. He's like, so you women are drinking a lot. And they show all the footage of these ladies getting drunk from the season, which every single episode, they were so super wasted. And it didn't seem like anyone really had a problem with it, you know? Like, I would have been a little bit embarrassed, but even Dorinda didn't seem to understand that, like, it was maybe an issue. She started turning around. She said, I don't go out every night like Ramona. And Ramona said, well, I I drink water. That's why I'm so thin. And then... Dorinda said, you're not that then. Ugh, that made me just feel gross. So I, Ramona said to her, you're disgusting. You're disgusting. Go to church, she said. <laughs> uh, which, you know, you guys, Dorinda, it's just seeing that even at the reunion, after seeing the whole season, she still doubled down and said something to Ramona about not being thin enough. And then she said something else to Lou, uh, I'm sorry, Tinsley later on. She talked about Ramona's facelift. She said she got a bad facelift. And it's just like these mean things that aren't even funny. And Andy was trying to tell her, like, hey, we're talking about your drinking. And she's just kind of going in on Ramona at that point. And Ramona starts saying, she's deflection Dorinda, deflection Dorinda. You know, Ramona loves when she thinks she gets a catchphrase. She does. She never does end up getting one. <laughs> she thinks she got one. She says, she's deflection Dorinda. But I don't know. No one seems to understand that they have a serious drinking problem. I mean, even Sonia, we talk about her drinking issue for a second, and she said, yeah, I was taking the diuretic. And Dorinda reveals she was taking the same diuretic, but it's not a problem for her. But you guys, alcohol dehydrates you. You should not take diuretics and drink. It's, it's I'm not even a doctor. Not, maybe I shouldn't be doling out uh, medical advice, but I would just like to say to anyone listening that you shouldn't be taking diuretics and boozing that hard. I mean, it was just, what are we doing here? And Sonia's like, yeah, I stopped taking the diuretic, and then I went and got my poop shoot cleaned out, so now I'm good. And I was thinking, maybe like we should re-examine this a little bit more, like maybe dive in a little deeper. Love my Sonia Rita, but I'm saying we've seen her fall and not sit in a chair like six times on this show. There's been a m- multiple times that she can't even sit in the chair, she falls to the ground. And uh, once or twice, I'd say gravity. But uh, three-time... Four time, five time, I'd say maybe we need to limit the alcohol. You know, I don't think it's just a diuretic that you can't sit in the chair properly. 
You know, you should be able to sit down. We've all sat down before. The, the bare minimum of something someone should be able to do while drinking responsibly is sit in a chair, right? If I'll have a glass of wine at dinner, uh, there's plenty of ways to drink responsibly. And I know some people like to travel, even Ramona, when they were on the group vacation, she brought the that blood alcohol thing, that gadget that tests your blood alcohol limit. I'd say we don't even need that. We should just say, hey, can you sit in the chair? And if the woman can't sit in the chair, then maybe it's an issue. That's all I'm saying. That should be the bare minimum. Uh, but I do love her. It's gorgeous, stunning, and I'm hoping now that she got her poop shoot cleaned out, she's good to go for next season. Uh, we get a little Tinsley package, and I forgot about Dale. We lost Dale. Dale. I miss her. I miss her. Let's get her back. Let's get her. We better get her in at least one scene next season, I swear to God. I swear. If we don't get a little Dale next season, I don't know what I'll do. Uh, Tinsley says she's just so happy. She said she dated that other guy in Chicago because he lived in Chicago. And I don't remember if we ever talked about that, but that was interesting to me. And Andy said Scott did not love Tinsley on the show. Uh, And it was so funny because Tinsley's saying, I left and I left for him. And then Andy says, well, would you have other women have left the show for a man? And Luann says, and I quote, let me try to do my Luann voice. I left a career in Italian television for my first husband. She said she left a career in Italian television for her first husband. By the way, a lot of you told me last week that my Luann impression, which started as, I believe, a Cookie Monster voice, has now morphed into a Grover voice from Sesame Street. So, you know, a lot of you have corrected me, so it's really a Grover voice at this point. But she said she left a career in Italian television for her first husband. Um, And just as she was saying that, Sonia sanitized the legs, and then Dorinda and Tinsley start to fight. Dorinda didn't even offer a genuine apology, even for that turkey baster comment. Remember earlier in the season, she said something about Tinsley using a turkey baster to have the kids? It was like way below the line. I think all of us watched that and we were like, okay, that's just, it didn't even feel fun to watch. You know, it felt gross and icky and mean, just way too mean. And Tinsley said, would you say the same thing to Andy? He had a surrogate. And Dorinda just sort of says like, eh, it was a bad joke, sorry. And she, But she didn't, it didn't seem like a genuine apology. And even Andy said, I thought it was mean. Uh, and then the end of the episode, you guys, we finally got some answers to a fight that happened in Miami last season. You know, I've been calling for this. There was a moment in a trailer from last season where we see Dorinda yelling at the phone. She says, uh, if I say to you, you better do something, you better fucking well love listen. And when I had Dorinda on right before this current season started, I had asked her, I said, who were you talking to? Because they never aired that. Who were you talking to? And she told us on this podcast, she said, I was talking to John. Who do you think? John. So now we get even more answers about this moment. Apparently, it was from a scene that never aired last season in Miami where Dorinda was yelling at John, the dry cleaner, big old dry cleaner John. She was yelling at him because he was getting money from Scott or something, and Dorinda didn't want him to talk to Scott. I mean, this was interesting. This was unseen footage. They showed extended. This was good. This was really good. And Dorinda said... uh, that Tinsley, at the end of the episode, she says, you have no financial security, and I hate your life. Dorinda just was not coming across good at this reading, and I have a theory that she announced she was leaving because they knew that she would look poorly at this reunion, and they didn't want her to end the season, because if she would have announced it after this reunion, if she continues to look this way, I don't know if she'll continue to look this way, but part one, I'd say she looked, again, not nice. And so I do think that they let her announce it a little bit early so that we could all, you know, kind of rally behind her and make her feel good. 
Because I do think deep down Dorinda is a good person. And I, I think just, I don't know if the show just brought out a bad side or maybe just the season, but maybe she'll come back. Maybe she'll come back. I don't know. That's the end of the episode. Next week, we get more um, more arguments. It wasn't that thrilling of a New York reunion. I will say that. It wasn't like the best uh, Roni reunion ever. I was happy to see them in person, but it seemed a little bit, I don't know, tame or bland. Maybe it was because they were so far away from each other. They had to scream and shout. Luana I, she talked five words. I think the only thing she said that whole reunion was about leaving Italy, a uh, talk show or whatever the fuck that line was. Um, for her first husband. Other than that, I don't think Luann said much of anything. <laughs> Ramona, you look so amazing. You look so fresh, so good. Your face looks stunning. Hi, Lou. <laughs> I'll never get over that. Anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I want to encourage you all to go back and listen to my interview with Gabare Sidibe. Uh, she is an Academy Award-nominated actress, star of Precious. She's in the new Annabellum. And we talked about Potomac. She recapped Potomac with me, and uh, it was such a fun chat. And we also get into mental health talk at the end, and we talk about her working with Mariah Carey. She was truly one of my favorite guests that I've had. I was so excited that she wanted to come on, and I think it's a great episode. So you can watch it on the new YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one watch it over there or just listen on the podcast. I know most of you tend to listen uh, on the show, but I am putting up the videos on uh, on the YouTube channel. I hope you all like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. I have an interview with the ladies of Pen15 coming up. I'm so excited. Pen15 is my favorite show on TV, and season two starts next week, the end of next week on Hulu. And I got a chance to see it ahead of time, and it's so good. Oh my God, there's seven episodes in se- so season two, it's going to be split up into two parts. The first part is seven episodes. And I got to see those seven episodes, and they're amazing. I was worried I would be let down, but it's flawless. And I got to chat with Anna and Maya, who are the stars and co-creators of the show. So that interview will be out, uh, I think, shortly after their new season drops, if that makes sense. So a couple weeks, it'll be out. But if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll get those updates. And uh Yeah. I want uh, to recommend you all find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. And if you want to support the show, go to Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash everything iconic. I'm doing recaps of Sex and the City up there. I think there's three up now. Three up now, and it's, it's a good time. So with all that said, let's do our little cheesy cool down and relax a little bit. There's a lot going on in the news in the world, and so I hope everyone's taking some time for some self-care, some reflections, some breathing in and out. So let's all take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. I want to share a little trick I learned, I don't know, sort of recently. So I had heard, I'd read online that an average heart rate is between 60 and 100 BPM. 60 and 100 BPM. And I had a, a person tell me that a good way to calm down, you know, when you're doing your breathing exercises, is to focus on one thing, right? We kind of do that when we're trying to sleep, too, you know, when you're counting sheep in your head, if your mind's a little overactive. And so the trick was, when you feel your heart rate is going really, really fast, just say to yourself, 59 BPM, 59 BPM, 59 BPM. And you just keep repeating it to yourself, repeating it to yourself, until you feel that your heart rate has slowed down. Now, I don't know if 59 BPM is the appropriate number to slow down your heart rate. You know, I'm not a, I don't know, cardiologist. But it always helps me focus 
because then I'm imagining my heart slowing down, if that makes any sense. So I'm thinking of it slowing, slowing below 60. So slowing below 60. So I say 59 BPM, 59 BPM. And I just picture my heart rate slowing. And that tends to help me when I'm having a very panicked moment. And so I just thought I'd share that today. Uh, I love you all. And yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Raise your hands to the sky. All you have to do is try. There's no turning back. No, no. It's all in front of you. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.